0: If you have your Bibles, I'm reading from the book of Second Chronicles chapter 16, Second Chronicles chapter 16, and just two verses in your hearing, <clears throat> we'll read verse 37 and 38. <clears throat> so good to see everyone here today and some, this is your first time back in in an in-person service for a while. I just want you to know I love you so much. We love you. This is your church and we're so glad to see you. And for those who, who are traveling or on vacation or at home, I'm so glad that we have this ability to live stream these services and to video them so that all the church can stay together no matter what the location may be. Second Chronicles 16.37. Are you ready? David left Asaph and his associates before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister there regularly. I'm reading from the NIV. According to each day's requirements. Let's just look at that verse again. So he would appointed Asaph and associates before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister there regularly every day whatever the requirements were he also left Obedidim Obedidim and his 68 associates to minister with them Obedidim son of Jedethan, and also Hosah were gatekeepers Did I read your favorite verse in the Bible just now? Was that the one you had on your refrigerator? Amen. And I preach today in the path of the gatekeeper. Amen. All the saints said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I thank you. Looking back, I suppose, that some things can never be replaced. A house fire might strip you of a few necessities, but the insurance company could never replace an old family photo that has not been Digitalized. It, it 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 can't be brought back, an old memento. Worship the word and the presence of the Lord also cannot be replaced. The absence of God is perhaps the darkest place in all the world. The great historical preachers often said that hell is a place where God does not exist. And that fact alone makes it the darkest, most dreadful place of all. If God could be taken from us, then I submit that we would all lose hope. I know that these things sound absurd for who could take God away? But on a nondescript day, when the armies of Israel went forth into battle, the Philistines overtook them and they stole the Ark of the Covenant. They took God away. It was only about three and a half feet by two and a half feet. It was made from acacia wood, this box. It was covered with gold. I know that for us it seems preposterous that this golden-laden box with Bowing cherubs could mean so much to them, but for Israel, the Ark of the Covenant was the embodiment of the Lord. God was taken from them. The high priest Eli heard of Israel's defeat, how the armies were slaughtered in the way. I am certain of his sadness. He heard also that his two sons, Hophni and Phineas, were killed in the same battle, and again... There is no doubt of his personal loss. But the Bible says that when Eli heard that the Ark of the Covenant was stolen, taken, grief consumed him and he fell backwards on his neck and he died. God was gone, lost to the enemy. The nation was left in peril. For the sake of our time, I must move on, though the depth of these moments run deep and are worth discovery. Eli will leave a much younger man in charge, Samuel. Samuel would come to lead the nation. He will do what no man had done before him or since. As time passed and Israel clamored for a king, God will relent Samuel feels marginalized by the demand of the people. King Saul will emerge to lead the nation. It did not take long before this king fell headlong into the shallow pools of arrogance. King Saul began well, but he had a character flaw that crippled his leadership. Such is the case with character issues. They eventually sever the good and cause havoc in those around them. Of all the struggles pertaining to King Saul, of all of his failures and disobedience, pride and self-adulation, none was more profound than the fact that in all of his years, he never sought after the misplaced Ark of the Covenant. It was in his power to bring it back. No one had more authority than he. Even though it rested among his own countrymen, he never went after it. Think of that. The Ark of the Covenant Was a small distance from him at Kirith Jehirim. It would have taken him not more than one full day to find it and retrieve it, but Saul never sought after it. And then David stepped onto the scene. David, the second king, he did what the first would not. He went to recover Israel's national treasure. David was so excited to bring it back. He was so thrilled with the prospect of recovering the Ark of the Covenant that it appears he threw caution to the wind and raced toward the house of Abinadab where the Ark had stayed for the past 20 years. David is on his way with a large processional of dignitaries, soldiers, and singers all marching toward the prize. I can see it so clearly now. Military men dressed in their fashion, priests arrayed in robes, Singers and musicians, the ruling class of Israel, riding their gallant horses with purple-plumed headpieces and shivering chest plates. The clanging of swords as foot soldiers take their stride. David is on a quest of a lifetime. God is coming back home. The tent, the tabernacle of David, will finally be complete. The ark, which was no less than the commission of God through Moses, will come to the capital city, and the people will have recovered their most treasured possession. The approach all seems right. David is there. The leaders of Israel are there. But on the way back home, one of Abinadab's sons will do what should not have been done. Yuza will make a fatal mistake. The oxen will stumble, and the ark of God looks to fall to the ground. The cart upon which the ark was being carried shifts, and the ark looks unsteady. Yuza is going to fix it. He thinks that he can hold it up. Mm -mm. Just a note to the wise. If God lets things fall, you'll only endanger yourself by putting your hand on that situation. Just a note to the hearer. The church belongs to God. He can handle his business. Yuza reaches to steady this shifting arc. And the Bible says that he died where he stood. His intention was no match for God's law. Whatever joy or singing, whatever euphoria or celebratory mood existed before, that moment shut it all down. User's lifeless frame has quenched the fire. David is distraught. In his haste, he now realizes that he knows nothing about respect or honor or even the proper conduct that must be shown before this, the Ark of the Covenant. The proof of his failed leadership has cost the life of one man. I I submit that Uzzah was far too casual and comfortable with God. That David was doing his best. But I am certain that my thought would bring no comfort to this king. David quickly diverts his plan. He will not move much farther now. He will look for the nearest house to keep the ark until he can learn the order of God. David will return to Jerusalem with a lot of them empty-handed. A man has died, and they've all realized how little they know about the proper way to carry this most holy possession. The matter was greater than sheer embarrassment. It was the fear of the Lord. The Lord, who obviously will not be handled by the intent of a mortal man. David is suddenly aware that zeal is never a replacement for obedience, emotion is not a substitute for knowledge. What you feel is not a proxy or a stand-in for truth. There will be people who feel themselves saved and end up lost because they thought intent was the same as submission. <laughs> David must make a quick decision. Take note. This is an unplanned, unrehearsed moment. Leave it and learn. The order is leave it And learn, there's a house close by, David moves towards it, he knocks on the door, and a man named Obedidim, strange is that name, Obedidim, the servant of Edom. Hmm. Obedidim opens the door as the ark awaits his invitation. I can only imagine that the entire caravan lurks behind the king in the golden, golden, this glowing golden box as Obedidim is given a choice to allow the ark to stay at his home. It's dreadful and bewildering. It's awesome and breathtaking. The order of God through Moses will abide in the house of Obedidim while David returns to Jerusalem to study the proper way to carry God. David needed to know how to treat the mercy seat Where the cloud rested. And where a thousand years of blood sacrifice was sprinkled. Only to be consumed by the I am that I am. The Ancient of Days that spoke the galaxies into existence. And who appeared to the people in a pillar of fire and by cloud. And so much more. It was no trivial matter. But for the moment the ark remained in the house of Obedidim. God sat in Obedidim's house for three months. Ninety days. 90 life-changing days three months of pure heaven The Bible says that God blessed Obadiah and his entire household We do not know the condition of Obadiah before the ark We are not told of the status of his home his flocks his crops or his marriage All we know is that the Bible says that for the duration of the time that the ark of the covenant was in his home the Lord blessed Obadiah and all his household Household simply means everything and everyone who is connected. All of it was blessed. It doesn't take much deduction to know that whatever it was like before, the ark changed it all. What was wrong was made right. Whatever the mood, the atmosphere, or the relationship, the ark changed everything. It was all blessed. It was an emphatic blessing. Please allow me long enough to pause to say, I'm looking for an emphatic blessing. That's the kind of blessing that's so apparent. There's no way to hide it. Everybody knows about it. I'm looking for the sure hand of the Lord God Almighty to rest upon my life. And I know that I will allow him If I allow him entry into my most private heart and my most private life. If he can be Lord of all and not just Lord of some. I know that I'm setting myself up for emphatic blessing. I admonish you today. Walk in the spirit. Seek the Lord in every place you are. Give Jesus an open door. You need an emphatic blessing. I'm talking about a blessing that everybody knows something has changed in their life. I'm talking about a blessing that everybody that you're connected with and everything that you touch is blessed. (laughs) Yes. Obedidim did just that and it became the difference between day and night. God was the difference between the mundane and the astonishing. Everyone knew it. Everyone could see it emphatic. There's no doubt that Obadiah was living with supernatural favor. And I've rested on that verse so many times that it is a good place to stop. I almost feel compelled just to stop right now. But I'm led by the Spirit to bring you a few steps further. David will come back for the ark. But he is not coming the same way. He is coming with reverence and order. David will return with a renewed awe for the holy things of God. Can you imagine that God would want to be treated with reverence and order? How far has the American Christian church gone when they propagate the notion that God doesn't care how you come and God doesn't care how you live and God doesn't care how you conduct yourself? I tell you, it's a lie. Mm. David will come back to the house where he left the ark and now he's armed with understanding. Say it. Understanding, say with me, understanding, goodness, understanding through thy precepts I get understanding, David wrote. Though I hate every false way, therefore, I hate every false way. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather than to be chosen than silver understanding. David commands now the Levites as they carry the ark with poles lifted on their shoulders. And on the way home, David and those with him will worship and sing and dance. And then every six paces, they will pause, stop, and offer a sacrifice all the way back to Jerusalem. (laughs) Ha ha. David knew that the ark was the pivotal thing in life. He knew it was pivotal to the nation. He knew where the blessing came from. In fact, David said it and I quote from 2 Samuel 6 12. The Lord, David said this, the Lord hath blessed the, blessed the house of Obadidim and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. The house changed. The household was blessed and all, all that pertaineth unto him, all that pertaineth unto him. Obadidim was changed. He was changed even more. He was hooked. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, but Edom didn't just let the ark go. He didn't wave goodbye to the blessing that changed his life. He was not standing at the door of his own home, sending well wishes to the king and to the ark of the covenant. No, no, no. He went after it. David brought the ark to Jerusalem and Obadidim followed behind. And not only that, but David allowed Obadidim to become a gatekeeper for the ark. The King James Bible used the word porter, gatekeeper. First Chronicles joins the same narrative as Second Samuel 6. Obadidim was granted the privilege to be a porter which was a gatekeeper because Obadidim was addicted. And the reason was this. Are you ready? What he welcomed into his home became the passion of his whole life. You need to hear this. What you welcome into your home will be the object of your pursuit outside of your home. And what you pursue will be the pursuit of your family Check out your direction today. Where are you heading? Where is your passion? I'm preaching this word because I'm praying that I'm doing just more than teaching and preaching on Sundays and Wednesdays and having Bible studies. I'm praying that what Tammy and I love will become the passion and desire of our children. I'm praying that the path that I'm making will give clear indication of the path that they should follow. Likeness follows. Spiritual desires are transmitted. Emulating is what we do. You can see it every day. It's every day in our nation. Most people use the word trending. Clothing and language, views, material things, trends. The following of the collective ideas passed along from one person to another. Trending. Spenders often raise spenders. Savers often raise savers. Gatekeepers often raise gatekeepers. Obedidim was no different. He became a porter, a gatekeeper. The ark may have only been with him for three months, but that was long enough for him to get connected. He was bound to it. He could not get enough of it. That golden glowing box might have spent but a mere 90 days in his home, but the presence of it changed the way he saw life. His priorities changed when God moved into his home. So he pursued the ark and he became a gatekeeper. And not only him, his gatekeeping became infectious. It was transferred to his sons, to his grandsons, and to his relatives. I read, Obedidim also had sons, Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehozabad, he's bad, (laughs) the second, Joah, the third, Sakar the fourth, Nethanol, the fifth, Amiel, the sixth, Issachar, the seventh, seven sons. How about this one? And Pelutha, the eighth, for God had blessed Obadidim. That was just the first level of the gatekeepers. Verse six, his son Shemaiah also had sons who were leaders in their family's family. Because they were very capable men. Did you catch it? The grandsons grew up and became men. Not just men. Capable men. Gatekeeper men. Men with purpose and poise and passion and desire to be around the holy things of God. I'm reading verse 7. The sons of Shema. Othni. Raphael, which sounds Italian. Obed, Elzabad, there's another bad one. His relatives, Lehu, Shemaka, also were able men. All these were descendants of Obedidim. They had, they and their sons and their relatives were capable men with the strength to do the work. Descendants of Obedidim, 62 in all. Verse 12. These divisions of the gatekeepers. Through their chief men, had duties for ministering in the temple of the Lord, just as their relatives had. I stand here to tell you, it blew up. Everybody became a gatekeeper. Sons and grandsons, relatives and cousins and nephews. Everybody became a gatekeeper. A path was laid, and the path of the gatekeeper became the definition of the entire family. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, when somebody becomes sold out, when someone becomes ignited or set on fire, whatever colloquial term you may use, when it happens, when there is all, when an all out pursuit becomes realized, it becomes infectious. Fire spreads. Do we not know this by now? Fear spreads also. Fear spreads. Fear doesn't have to be facts. Fear spreads. Faith can also be transferred. Kindness. That's a wonderful thing to admit because it almost always invokes a response after its own kind. Kindness. Love and mercy are gifts that will have a return in the same portion that they're given. No wonder why Paul told Timothy, be an example among the believers. Because Paul knew that as Timothy went, so went the church. Paul was setting Timothy up to be the pastor of the church at Ephesus. If the church of Ephesus was going to be strong on the doctrine, it would come by the way of fervency exhibited through Timothy. And Timothy was fervent in the spirit. Timothy was an outstanding pastor and leader. The church in Ephesus was, Ephesus was one of the most pivotal and important churches in all the known world. Years later, John will write the prophetic words of Jesus. He spoke about the church in Ephesus. After Timothy was gone, it's found in the book of Revelation. And of course, the Lord points out their flaw. He exposed their failing point. Many have preached about what they did wrong. Thank God no one's pointing out our flaws. You can read about it about in the Bible. But when it came to truth and doctrine, when it came to fortitude and standing up for what was right, Jesus said this, I know your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. And I quote, You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name. You've not grown weary. The Jewish scholars called the church at Ephesus gatekeepers. <laughs> Because they did not allow false doctrine to penetrate their hearts and mind. They needed to recover their first love, yes. But they never lost the truth. They had some issues, yes. But they always kept their confidence in the doctrine. And the obvious reason was because Paul exampled in front of Timothy. And Timothy exampled in front of the church. It was a path, a well-worn and true path. We make others after our own kind. You know that people of prayer leave a lasting impact on those around them. Prayer warriors beget prayer warriors. There are some things that are not so good. Are you ready? Negative parents produce negative children. Critics produce critics. Complainers produce complainers. But thank God, givers are still producing givers. (laughs) Thank God. Workers are still producing workers. Servant spirits are still producing servant spirits. And it goes on and on and on. You decide. And I'll help you make that decision today. What you welcome into your home will be what you and your family pursue outside of your home. If you can't find Jesus anywhere in the side of your, your home or in the walls where you live, it'll be difficult for you to discover him in any other place. I did not start worshiping God or praying or seeking for him when I walked into this house today. I was looking for him yesterday and the day before. And I know this. (laughs) If he is welcomed into my home, he will be the pursuit of my family and myself outside of this home. I'll preach Paul's admonition to the whole body. I don't know who will follow, but if there is one single soul out there, then follow this. This. When I do not feel good and there's a storm swirling in my life, I'm still anchored in the Lord. And when I have more reason to be down than to be up, I still believe that Jesus deserves my praise. I owe him my best. And the Bible says that if you have breath, not strength. If you have breath, you ought to praise the Lord, not strength. If you have breath, not a good day. But if you have breath, you ought to praise God. Not if you feel like it, but if you can breathe, you ought to praise God. Be an example. Somebody ought to create a path in the footsteps of the gatekeeper. Oh. I can't exhaust the whole. Be an example in your conversation. First Peter three eleven. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversations and godliness? Just chew on it. Be an example in receiving the word. I'd love for us just to take a couple months in this coming year and have every person in the church get an opportunity to preach their own sermon. And you have to fill at least 15 to 20 minutes. I'm not being antagonistic here, but... How would you like for the people to respond to you? How would you like for me to look at you the way you look at me? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I I get it. You mean dead, dry, bored, wanting to go home, hungry. When is this guy going to quit? Is that it? Is that it? Or when I'm preaching the word, you know it's true. You just sit there and stare at me like I I don't even know what I'm talking about. You're disassociated. Why don't you be an example in in the word and receive the word with all readiness of mind. Say, that's a word. That's a word for my life. It's more than my necessary bread and my food. Oh. (laughs) Hey, I've been around this too long. And I don't ever want to hear a preacher preaching about praise who didn't even clap his hands the whole time that the worship service was going on. I'm determined no matter what I'm preaching, before I get up to preach, I'm praising God. Not because of what I'm going to say, but because he deserves it. (laughs) Be an example in receiving the word, ladies and gentlemen. This is the word. And if you are waiting for it to get good, if you'll just respond to the word, maybe we will get good. <laughs> or maybe this is as good as it gets. <laughs> Sons follow fathers. Daughters follow fathers. Sons follow mamas. Daughters follow mamas. Oft times, sisters and brothers follow each other, being example. I followed my brother. He was most rebellious till he turned 17. But when he turned 17, he discovered a prayer life in the basement of the old church. And sit, he'd sit Indian style with Dennis Miller and they'd pray for one hour straight, speak in tongues and read the Bible. That's why I found something in my prayer life because I was, something was in me, but it was an example. A path had been worn. Watch this now. Obadidim's sons, grandsons, all of them became capable men. Why? Because likeness produces likeness. The footsteps of the gatekeepers are imperative. Truth protectors, worshipers, singers, preachers, gospel teachers. Be an example, ladies and gentlemen, in holy living. Holiness. Surely by now we have enough examples of how to live worldly. How about some examples of how to live holy? (laughs) Talk about how to get closer to the Lord in your family. Do not dismantle decency or modesty or godly living just because you found a hypocrite. What? You mean you're following a hypocrite and you're going to dismantle all the holy things of God because there's a hypocrite? Hypocrites are everywhere. Be careful. You might be one of them. (laughs) Oh, it just got bad. (laughs) The church is in need of gatekeepers. We got to have somebody that's going to protect the holy things of God. There are so many, but I'll offer you one more. Be an example in pain. From the NIV, James 5.10. Brothers... As an example of patience in the face of suffering. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. You're going through trouble. You're going through pain. You're not the first one. Be an example. You can have the joy of the Lord and still face suffering. You can go through hard times and still clap your hands and rejoice before the Lord. In fact, the harder it is in your life, that's the mo- you gotta, you got to set your face and say, I'm going to get to that house. I'm going to worship God. I don't care who's around me. I'm going through a low time, but God is lifted up in my life. Come on, I want to know everybody who's going to go through some pain, but still going to set an example. Things are not right, but I know the Lord is good. Things are not well, but I know the Lord can do anything. I'm in the path. Hey. I'm going to tell you what you're going to produce. Help me. I'm telling you what you're going to produce. You're going to produce family, sons, daughters, nephews, nieces that know how to stand when the going gets rough. Come and stand with me now. Now I'm giving you a moment here just to exercise a little exampleship. And you're going to tell me, yeah, but pastor, nobody's looking at me. Oh, yes. Everybody's looking at you. I'm looking at you. (laughs) The Lord is looking at you. And the Bible says you are an epistle written of all men. People are reading you like a book. They're judging your God based upon how you live. And it may be very unfair to God. (laughs) But if you'll get in the path of the gatekeeper. Man, can you imagine if one of you, if some of the couples of family, if one man or one woman decided to get on fire. You could produce 62 generations of capable men and women that would rise up and be strong in the Lord. Where are you, young person, mama, dad, and uncle? I'm calling for everybody. Can you imagine what would happen if we just propagated the gospel of Jesus Christ every day in our lives? Come on, gatekeepers. Come on, protection of truth. Come on, somebody who's going to worship. right now lift up your hearts and your hands to God in the name of Jesus I pray for all the people Lord in this house and those who are not here I pray for everybody let this church family let the great body of Jesus Christ let it be filled with power let it be filled with anointing I pray right now we would pursue you Lord in everything that we do I pray right now that we would have an offspring of truth and seekers and lovers of God and lovers of holy things in the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, this is your time. This is your moment. This is your time to make a dedication. You've got to make a statement to the Lord. This is your moment to say, I am determined. Nothing's going to shake me.